Hey fam, welcome back to New Girl, Old Guy for episode 9, the 23rd. Uh, I am neither the new girl nor the old guy. My name is Allie Lasher, and I am thrilled to be joined by the titular old guy who has really taken a shine to the nickname we gave him on this podcast, and uh, I'm shocked. Let's bring in Keevy Weens. What's going on, Keev? Al. You say Al like it's not one of the most common nicknames for Allie. I don't think in like the podcast universe it's ever taken off, but I'm going to make it take off. Well, it's more you say it in like a way like you're calling a man. It's more mm-hmm. like, hey, Al, can you grab this? Like people call me Al in like is like in, the, you know, the least amount of effort needed to say sure. someone's name. That's how I do most things. The least amount of effort needed, like not bother with someone's full name. You don't say it very naturally, but, you know, you will work on it. You've really adapted. To, you hated nothing made you, you know. Virtually grimace more than Kiwi Weens. And now you're you're coming in on Among Us with Kiwi Weens. It was you're my Among Us name. Podcast. Although my, my son prefers Dum Dum One. So that's Does he, did you tell did you run Kiwi Weens by him? Did they laugh at that? Uh he he'll like we realized in the middle of a game today and he wanted to like end the game so he could switch to Dum Dum One as if it mattered, but he, he thought better of it. But uh yeah, he I don't I don't think it's gonna catch on in my house, Kiwi Weens, for several reasons, but we'll see. I got to talk to Adira Weens. That was a highlight. Yes, I had my kids up at like 1.30. <laughs> and, and they were playing Among Us. Well, I was here to bring in sad news that like we, we said last week, we were all mm. like jazzed up and said that uh, we're ready for Reddit. Reddit. But Reddit was not ready for us. We both were like, nobody listened. Nobody cared. No one posted. Um, we just have terrible SEO. I did a more targeted search today based on someone leaving a five-star review saying they found us on Reddit. And we have been on Reddit for a month. Someone graciously posted us uh, on the New Girl subreddit. And then last week, someone also posted us. So we're there, baby, making a splash. So people have posted it, um, but with no reaction, basically, is what you're saying. Uh, someone was like here's a podcast check out this podcast and the reaction was in our five-star reviews someone was like i found this on reddit great podcast oh actually so there's two responses to the yeah. to, somebody said i started watching because this podcast highly highly recommend and i love alien keep it listening to them on rhp so all right that did that did well look we were down that nobody even posted it the fact that someone even posted it great dianu uh, yeah i agree i'm honored um <laughs> took you a while to get there uh no i'm i'm excited listen i've read it in general we try and stay away from reddit i don't know there's nothing good could really come from from reddit oh suddenly you're such a reddit <laughs> hater recently that's new i'm anti-anonymity if okay. we ever have if we ever have like a, a new girl of course when we have the new girl patreon um it will be <laughs> it will not be reddit it probably i'm not a discord guy either i'm not sure if you're in discord i think the whatsapp is tricky you know we've done whatsapp as like a as like a perk for 32 fans but it is a little weird it's very hard to police you don't know who half the people are you've got everyone's got your number you got everyone's number maybe facebook is ultimately the way to go there i'm not sure when you have a new girl old guy patreon mm-hmm. you will need to find a new girl oh well, i forgot it will not be me <laughs> you hate you hate money i <laughs> famously anti-money anti-money um okay so this episode the 23rd aired on december 13th 2011 uh, feels like a lifetime ago now. Mm-hmm. Keeve, can you hit us with uh, Kiwi's Digest? Somebody, speaking of um, 
WhatsApp, what's up to us, uh, a new name for this. And it was funny, but I forget it now. So while you give us your summary, I will. Was it Keeves Corner? What was it? No, I've been saying Keeves Corner for the Uh, last eight episodes. Oh, so you're going to look back and try and see what it was. I'll look back. You do your little digest and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll meet on the other side. Okay, great. All right. So uh, the 23rd is a holiday episode, mostly Christmas, but also Hanukkah broke (laughs) for Schmidt. Mostly Christmas. That's mostly what every Christmas. holiday should be. Like, it's, an, it's the holiday season, parenthesis, mostly Christmas. Everyone's giving each other gifts. We got we got uh, roller skates going in one direction. We have, uh, you know, gift certificates going in other directions, a fuzzy heart. Uh, Schmidt's given Cece a gift. And ultimately, we're all ending up at Schmidt's holiday party for uh, Associated Strategies, the greatest company name of all time. Uh, Schmidt, of course, being the only man, is the is the uh, Santa by default. And then uh, what happens there? Paul comes. Go, oh, well, let's stop. I'm sorry for saying Paul. Gunslinger comes and uh, we have a little love triangle sort of with uh, Nick having the eavesdrop on everything going on with Zooey. And uh, we have a real storyline for Winston where Schmidt's boss's kid is running amok and uh, takes a real shining to Winston. Maybe this will become be his job that he's going to. It's funny that they have him become a babysitter, but then like make clear eight different times. Like this is not a normal babysitter gig. He's going to be paid an obscene amount of money to babysit the her son, Elvin, who we talked about last week. That I talked about very incorrectly last week, but we'll get to that. I mean, we, we also should call out um, friend of the pod, tentative guest although he he frequently tweets and makes me rethink that situation Robbie Freeman mm. who who you want to you want to clear that that issue up for the for the audience here No I don't think we should I don't think you like step on your bits by talking about them I don't think I don't think we should I feel do like that. we have to in the event that there's even a single other person Doesn't matter I don't care thinks, what people think Who thinks that we think Zoe Deschanel is pronounced Zoe I <laughs> I did think that, and I still do think that. So I don't know. You're no, fun but of. like we addressed this on the first episode, I think. But I mean, Gunslinger her, her, and Zooey, it's, you know, that's inside and Geo. Apparently, it's inside, inside and Geo. It's so inside that that uh, even every week listeners and future guests don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great. I failed to find the new potential name, but I like Keeves Digest, so maybe subconsciously I didn't want to find a different name. Okay. Um, but you you mentioned the roller skates. Uh, Jess gives uh, all three roommates roller skates. I think it ends up being a really funny like sitcom bit of the three of them on skates fighting. But it's also what I love about New Girls. It takes the sitcom bits, but it also like is realistic because I feel like at this point you believe that Jess slash Zooey would give three adult men with no interest in roller skates roller skates. Yeah, and they sort of are are like playful about it. Yeah, I, that is a that is a very Jess gift. I approve of the gift. Um, this killed me because again, anyone who like actually knows me would know that the whole gymnastics thing was completely overblown. But Benji Older says, as a former varsity gymnast captain, gymnastics captain, I'm sure this is a yes for Allie, but can Akiva roller skate? Yeah, I'm, I, considering I'm not coordinated, I was good at roller skating and rollerblading, which is shocking, but I was weirdly fine at it. I feel like one of our, you know, let's be super meta about our bits, call them out. But like one of the my favorite bits is like the public school, private school of it all between mm-hmm. us. And I anytime I think of rollerblading, because um, I, I, have, I haven't been on roller skates since I had like play school, like plastic ones that you strap to your sneakers. But um, my favorite like gym unit, which is not going to say much for me as an athlete, 
was in elementary school, like, there would be a week where you would just rollerblade around and you'd, like, listen to, like, you know, Backstreet Boys and, mm-hmm. like, rollerblade. Like, the gym would become a roller rink and it was always my favorite. I probably haven't been roller skateblading since around that time. Yeah, when I, I'm old enough that I think in second grade, which was, like, 91, 92, whatever, um, like, rollerblades sort of came out. And then I was, you know, the first or second kid in my class to have them. And then eventually, like, everyone got them. But, like, roller, it was just roller skates. Rollerblades did not exist. I know that's hard to believe. Like, the internet also <laughs> didn't exist, so it's not that crazy. But imagine, no rollerblades. Do you know that rollerblades is actually, was originally a trademark, and that it's actually inline skates? So we're committed. Oh, rollerblades is a company, you're saying? It's not a company. It's like an escalator. Genericide? It's, it's okay. when, like, like, Xerox, for example. The Kleenex was, thing. Exactly. And mm-hmm. and rollerblades is like an uncom un- not well known version of that where it was originally a brand name. Okay, no one cares. Let's get mm-hmm. back to the Jewish talk. I feel like that's better than this. Although you were interested in it a little bit until you no. realized what it was about. No, no, no. Genericide I think is a word we should all use in our everyday conversation <laughs> going forward. Everyone who's listening, use that this week in conversation. <laughs> and let us know how it goes. Like- That'll be the new, like, you basic. Like, wow, you're at risk of genericide. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the new uh, the yeah. new burn. Let us know how it goes. Write in in the form, the Google form on uh, <laughs> Ali's pin tweet for next week. For Renap, you should, if you ever do the, like, Robin Akiva invent a slang term, feel free to use that. Should I pretend to invent the word genericide and then just have nobody correct me? No, but I think in its application, that's... that's ah, so use it to change the meeting, like in slang. Like I just said, like you'd be like, mm-hmm. instead of like you basic, someone comes out in a basic outfit and you're just uh-huh. like. You just committed genericide, be, baby. You're about to be, you're <laughs> about to be subject to genericide. Oh my God. All right. Side should be for much worse things than like stealing. <laughs> I don't know. So, I, I if agree. You, it's, side I is usually a, a bad suffix. I'm not sure why here it's just like stealing some. I mean, su- it's. It's terrible for a brand. It's like the whole, it's, it's like really critically bad for a company. Mm hmm. Didn't you see, did you see the um, the Velcro company, like Velcro, whoever makes Velcro, made a video that some of their lawyers are actually in. It's a musical about using the phrase hook and loop rather than Velcro for Velcro. No, no, I must Oh, have... you got to watch it. It's, it's objectively funny, not just uh, to me. This is like real inside IP lawyer baseball. It's, at that's this, point. this isn't inside. This was like a viral YouTube okay. video. I have this is nothing to do with anything. Ah, so it was like the Velcro thing and like the people dancing to that song down the aisle. Do do do. Like those were the two first two viral videos. Uh, no, this was in. I'm pulling it up now. Uh, are there still viral videos? Are there from 2017? I think there's viral TikToks. Yeah, they're viral TikToks, but I don't think there's viral like YouTube videos in the same way. I don't I mean, think there's like a video a that everyone's seen. I'm not. Of course, people like there are there are huge audiences on YouTube, and but I don't know if there's like a video that I think it's fractured. I don't know if there's like a video now that everyone has seen, like the you know Charlie bit my finger like early days. Interesting, Charlie. I feel like just now that we say this, that Charlie bit my finger looks kind of like um, a son of Alex Chester. Okay, like he could be in the Chester. F- oh no, no, it's not who I'm thinking of. Okay, let's move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was important. Um, I'm not cutting anything this week, so it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I meant to tell you that before we got on. But All right, I will on. make. Let's make. Can we agree to make zero mistakes? I mean, I think we've already made some massive nope. mistakes. Well, maybe like uh, content mistakes, like having boring conversations. But 
All right, so Nick gives his 12-year-old nephew tax, and this killed, I was. I would have left this unmentioned, but Matt Stewart wrote, Nick gives great advice, and later in the episode, to match the gift to what you feel about the person. What does he feel about his nephew to give him tax? Yeah, I mean, that is an interesting concept, like the, the gift matches the person. I don't know how that would work in general. But I think that is also Zooey's philosophy, right, when she gives him the anatomically correct heart of a 50-year-old non-smoker. Well, I want to break that down when we get to it more, but I think this is sort of, I wanted to just highlight the inconsistencies in the early season that I want to keep tracking with Nick. We're like, to me, the guy who's like mailing his 12-year-old nephew tax sincerely is not also then giving heartfelt gift-giving advice to Zoe. Right. Um, and to I who? don't, sorry, Jess. And <laughs> I don't know that Nick's advice really is great because... That's sort of the whole phobia around you're dating for a month and you don't want to necessarily give a gift about how you feel about the person because you don't know or maybe you feel too, like you don't want to give too romantic, too jokey, too whatever. So I didn't think it was that great advice, but I think the show wanted you to think it was and then that's pretty inconsistent from this moment with Nick with the tax. Okay. But there's a lot of inconsistency in all characters. Like we saw, you know, Gunslinger is the world's most sincere person, but also like absolutely rocks Nick, you know, the last episode he was in. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm complex. I'm an onion. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, so I don't. Yeah, I, I think that like we're still figuring out the characters. I think everyone has all, all, all five of the core five plus Gunslinger, who's right now in the in the sweet six. But I think it won't be here for long or, or not fully consistent characters. They're not they're half baked at this point to shout out another um, future guest. Uh, Grace's podcast we talked about last week hold up um, I was thinking a lot about that podcast while watching this show because I think you already mentioned that it's sort of Hanukkah adjacent through Schmidt mm -hmm. I want to talk to you about how they treat Hanukkah in this episode and generally so Grace's podcast is all about like does queer representation in media quote hold up today I'm almost like if we were going to be on hold up this would sort of be our hold up right like does a Jewish person's view on Christmas in 2011 hold up today or just generally Schmidt's take is he hates Christmas Hanukkah's over everybody else leaves to me that attitude sort of doesn't hold up at least in my life well I don't think it ever I don't I don't think it's a hold up question I think it's a it was never really anyone's opinion that like they hate Christmas because it means that Hanukkah is over. doesn't really well, make sense. for some people... And it doesn't and, always work because there are plenty of years where Hanukkah goes way past Christmas also. Yeah, and 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 Jews don't care about Hanukkah. That's sort of like a misconception I'm... I don't care isn't a, isn't a fair term, but it's not a it's not a tier one holiday. I mean, you... Except you it is. You can educate me in your, like, orthodoxy, but... For at least like the way the places my Judaism has settled, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm making latkes. I'm lighting candles. I enjoy the holiday season, but it's like a constant battle to explain that like no, I don't really care. like if I work on Hanukkah, fine. I'm not getting great gifts for my parents. Like right, I, I you know I'm I much more strict. Like there are much higher holidays. You know whatever. Like I feel like that's a constant thing I'm explaining, and I feel like the way that Hanukkah has like. It has the best publicist. It has the best publicist has, of any it, holiday. It, the publicist is really just keeping up with Christmas. So I've almost rejected mm -hmm. Hanukkah because I'm sort of like, no, I don't think I don't you should reject Christmas. it. I you should like just do Christmas. the other ones. I'm happy for everyone mm -hmm. to have Christmas and I enjoy the spirit in New York. We talked sure. about this before yeah. when Christmas is happening. I don't need 
you to put a menorah in the lobby of the corporate building. I don't, I don't need either. The menorah on Candy Cane Lane and the inclusion in the show. But when I say hold up, I've had this conversation with people who feel very strongly that they want Hanukkah decorations around and they want Hanukkah representation. So I don't mean to poo-poo people who feel that way. Just for me, this sort of doesn't like hold up in my life and the way we're, I feel. We're also like not the best example because we come from a place, New York and New Jersey, which is like where Jews are like such a, uh, um, they're not a majority of people, but they're such a huge chunk of people that like by accident we sort of get we see celebrations like that. Whereas if you're in like Omaha, Nebraska, in an apartment building, you probably don't have a menorah. You know what I mean? They wouldn't even consider it. No, and I, and I like to see mezuzahs around. Like, I, I'm not saying I don't like to see their signs of Jewish life. I just kind mm-hmm. of feel like the decorating for Hanukkah is sort of like a keeping up with Christmas. And I don't feel like we should need to feel like we keep up with Christmas. Do we have like, to explain mezuzah now that you said it? No, I don't think so. I think we let that lie. Okay. But, but I'm just, so that's just my personal thing is like, I'm, and you're right. I'm spoiled for representation in my community and I've only lived in Ann Arbor and Evanston, Illinois and places Mm -hmm. where there are a lot of Jews. My dad used to say that to me and my mom that like go go, like almost anywhere else and you have no idea. Like I lived three blocks from the Jewish community center when I grew up. He was like, you, you have no idea how few Jews there are in Mm -hmm. almost every other location. Sure. And this is the place in the world where there's the most also. In L.A.? No, I'm saying, well, you're, why, your dad's, who's in L.A.? No, no, but I think. No, I mean, show. like, just in general, like, New York. Yeah, well, yes. Oh, yeah. The, the major American cities we are the talking o- about the show. Yeah, no, the major American cities are the only places where there are Jewish people outside of Israel. Basically. But anyway, so, so to me, I was sort of like, also, everyone's leaving and he's so annoyed. Like, I feel like, sh- like an actual Jewish person and, and, and you know, uh, other people's lived experiences are different. But in my experience, like. Schmidt's a man of means who seems to have a good relationship with his mom. Like, he would probably also fly home for the holidays or he would be happy to choose to stay home. Like, I don't think he would ever be like, oh, you guys all leave me for the holiday. Like, that to me is not really a Jewish experience. Mm-hmm. But it is like, oh, all my friends are leaving town and going to their home and, like, there's no, like, our equivalent is for other holidays and not nobody would go home just for Hanukkah. That would but be I weird. don't, no, but I'm saying I feel like some people do, like, because people are off from work generally for yes. Christmas. Like, but they're not going home for Hanukkah. They're going home at Hanukkah. If that makes any right. sense. Right. No, they're going home at Christmas. It probably right. has nothing to do when Hanukkah is. Right. Oh, that's anyway, true also, yeah. That's Judaism, my son. About that. Yeah. Did you love that? People were like, he was going to love that. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> and I shouldn't complain. It's nice to see a, a Jewish character, you know. Mm-hmm. And he is Jewish, so it's like, all right, there, you know, he, I don't know if he throws that in or but whatever, but it's a a nice little thing. Um, the uh, Can we talk about all the gifts for a second? Yeah, let's get to the... That, well, what? Go ahead. I I want like first of all, obviously, Gunslinger is going to give like way too earnest gifts. You, the, of course, the last time you want to be starting a relationship like they are is right before somebody's birthday or before Christmas, when you're like sort of est- established in a relationship, especially their coworkers, like they know each other. Whereas he is locked into giving her a boyfriend girlfriend gift, even though their relationship could be over next week for all we know. Right? He's trapped. Uh, well. You're saying that he had no choice but to give her round trip tickets no, to wherever no, for no. some convention? No, so I am uh I, I'm just saying like he did have to give a good gift. Obviously he went way above and beyond. But he was stuck in a spot where it's like this is where you'd give your girlfriend of like six years, not six weeks, 
two tickets to Vienna. Ironically, speaking of Judaism, that's where my family was leaving. But uh, he's trying to go to Vienna. Oh, my God. Shout out to Eva Wienicker, my grandma from Vienna. I'm very um, grateful that she left Vienna so mm-hmm. that you could be here today. And anyway. Grandma Hensi. Um, so, uh, what's it called? So, But that is, like, so eager. Gunslinger is the most earnest person on earth. Okay, we have so much to unpack with this gift that I feel like the podcast has to end after we talk about this. Because, yeah, I, I was in a similar situation. Hmm. We, we've been asked all over the sun by many people. Uh, Leah wants to know what's the ideal one-month dating holiday gift. So other people ask, like, what's the worst gift? What's the best gift? Whatever. So let's just we'll just talk about gifts. Freeform, baby. Mm-hmm. We're not beholden to the questions. Yes, we mm-hmm. are. Um, well... I, my heart goes out to both of them, but I do think you have to consider the audience. And I'm coming to you as someone whose love language is gifts, both in receiving and giving. And wow. Okay. I'm here to say that gifts is an underrated love language that people are ashamed to say because it seems materialistic. But it relates to what I'm saying about Jess, which is consider the audience. Jess doesn't need some expensive, flashy like ridiculous flight serious gift that he gives i mean that's Mm -hmm. insane you're saying an inside joke gift like she gives him would work for jess but like she's crafty like even that sex certificate she's gonna make for him like Mm -hmm. she is someone who clearly values the thought behind a gift yeah like the effort so like he could have literally been like you mentioned you wanted to go to disneyland and you hadn't been so like i got us like I don't know, whatever. That's expensive. But she you never, like, can, can you confirm, about. she never gives him the, the gift certificate, right? So that that's I feel like it's going to come up later, right? If that if that didn't happen this episode. So jumping to the end of my notes, I'm flexible. Um, Nathan K said, what happened to of course, the card that Jess made? the freaking captain of the gymnastics team. For, for Paul, does Nick still have it? Uh, I thought that was really the only question to ask about, like, what will run with the plot this episode. That we yeah, I think that's discussed. like they're clearly heavy handedly saying, like, it's going to come up later. And I may have ended up in Nick's hands, for all I remember, the gift certificate. I think so the we'll last see. we saw it, they were talking about it in the mall. It never traveled to Genslinger that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but, okay, so I, I do think the worst gift I've ever given in my life, and okay. I, I'm, pr- I'm a great gift giver. I love surprises. I love wrapping. I'm just, like, very into, like, I thought Surprising it and being surprised? No, I'm, I, my primary gift love language is giving, Mm-hmm. But I think I also receive like would like to receive it in the same way of like I thought of you while I was here and you you mentioned you needed this so I yeah. got it for you or I showed mm-hmm. up with dinner because you were sick or whatever like to me acts of service and gifts is like very blurred so if you're an acts of service person check yourself you're probably also gifts it's okay to come out of the shadows like we can be gifts love language people it doesn't mean you're materialistic mm-hmm. um but by the way, speaking of materialistic, did you read the the thread I sent you? Because we could talk about that. No, for, I, for I did not because I'm oh, okay. here on the podcast. Oh, shoot. Next week. That would have been good. <laughs> but uh, but I I started dating someone in like February-ish, late February, and their birthday was late March. Mm-hmm. And we had been friends prior. This is the Gentile. Akiva mm-hmm. only knows people I've dated with their nicknames. Mm-hmm. And I gave him probably the worst Oh, I know his there. name. I mean, I wouldn't say it here, but, but I, uh, I know no, his name. But I gave him probably the worst gift I've ever given someone, which is, Mm -hmm. I forget the context exactly, but it was like, he had mentioned a flask or needing a flask, or at one point we needed a flask, like maybe for tailgate, I don't even know what, and we didn't have one. So I was like, I'm going to get him the most embarrassing flask ever, and it'll be like funny. So I like spent hours of time scrolling through and finding like 
the most embarrassing flask because again we were like barely dating not official and it's his birthday so it's not like a gift is coming back at me so i'm not getting something crazy but i'm not getting nothing Mm -hmm. and i got him he was also from the south so i thought it'd be funny to mock that i got him a red flask that said Mm -hmm. america f word yeah oh no (laughs) so terrible oh no I'm like so embarrassed to say that on this. Podcast. Did he? Um, did he like it? Um, he was nice about it. I don't Does he still he... have it? You think? Um, probably not because I ruined his life. No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he probably threw, he he definitely had it through our last year of law school. Like, I, my guess would be that that didn't make the move with him out of mm-hmm. Michigan. That is I a terrible is... gift. So that's so that's the worst <laughs> gift you've ever given the flask, and the best gift is. 200 Twitter followers to me. To <laughs> <laughs> have you ever given a, a real botch gift? But you sympathize with the timeline. It's like yeah, the timeline is rough. Um, the only person, the the only girlfriend I ever had before Mara gave me a really bad gift. No, no, on, I'm asking if you've given a bad gift. I'm just trying to think that. bad gift stories. Um, it was like it was so bad that all of her. She's told me when she gave it to me that all of her friends warned her not to give it to me, and she still gave it anyway because um, she said, "Oh no, you don't know Akiva." In fact, the opposite was true. Um, it was like just like a diary. It was just like a plain diary or like a journal. That was it. Like what? What? I never kept a diary. I guess I liked like sports writing. I don't know, but not to myself. That's so bizarre. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I think that's worse than the flask. If only because at least the flask had like a story. It was an end. It. it was it. That was like a relationship ender. Like you can't come back from that. Like you. You're you're diving in headfirst to a whole lifetime of terrible presence at that point. Want to hear the worst gift I ever received? Yeah. Have I already yes. told this on the podcast? I don't think so, but I'll stop you if you have. Okay, so um, a guy I dated before law school. Mm-hmm. I think I was like talking to him about being like both of us need to eat healthier. Like, I, you know, those like weeks you're just like I'm feeling sluggish, and if I just like ate better, like things would be better. Like we've been eating out too much. Like whatever. And then, like, he's so... And he had given me many thoughtful gifts, so this was just a blip in the two years we were dating. But I remember he was, like, so excited to give me this gift. I forget what the occasion was. And he was, like, all proud of himself. I was like, I've listened. Like, here you go. And I open it up, and it is, like, a low-calorie cookbook. And it was, like, the most insulting thing that I've ever been given by anyone. Like... Here you go. Like, here's like some, like you, you need to do, like that's none of your business. By anyway, so I feel yeah. sympathetic to him in retrospect that I was talking about this, but it was like very much like no, 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 friends. <laughs> like that was a mistake. Yeah, that's really bad. And then I, the best thing is I was living at home at the time, and I went home, and my dad actually for my parents' first anniversary. Stop me if this is boring. Is this boring? No, keep going. It's fine. Okay. You sound like you gave a very unencouraging note. No, I know. I, it's, we're pot committed. Just All keep right. going. It's good. But we're committed does not mean it's. I can actually cut it out. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, well, let's hear the end of the story and then All we right, could decide. The story decide. is is that my parents, after their first anniversary, my dad mm-hmm. got my mom a blender. And then they went and saw Father of the Bride where she famously freaks out and calls off the wedding because he gave her her blender and it's like an expectation of being domestic. So uh, I went home and told my mom, and she was dying. She was like, oh, my God, he's in trouble. And now, is that story apocryphal? What do you mean? So, like, he gave her a blender, and then they immediately went to a movie where, where like, that was that was a major plot point in the film? 
hypocryphal? Like apocryphal. It's no, apocryphal. Like, oh, oh, oh. It's a story that like is in the family lore, but maybe like. No, doesn't... no, it truly, truly happened because if you talk, because I heard the story when my dad was still alive and when you bring mm-hmm. it up to him, he would still grimace 30 years of marriage later. That is bad. Sometimes like if you've ever called, if you're getting called out for something you did in a movie, I feel like it's happened once or twice, like a behavior or whatever. Not, not great. Feels like the universe is against you. So what's? I feel like you've probably given a lot of bad gifts. Well, I for many years we didn't give each other like birthday gifts or whatever, and now we did. I just got my birthday gifts today. Actually, they just came in the mail. Oh, uh, so what'd you get? You were complaining. I, um, what I, I got? Um, like AirPods and um, uh, a new webcam because um, like if we're gonna if I'm gonna do video podcasts, so now you can I, play I like to do it on my desktop more effectively. <laughs> yeah, just in time for it to not exist anymore. Sure. Um, well, that's nice. Okay, so now my Twitter follower thing has really fallen d- down in the rankings. I mean, that did come in fairness. That came from my wife and four children. Like, I feel like they probably have more of like an obligation. Not obligation. No one's obligation. I didn't know what you point you were making. If you were saying like, of course, whatever they gave me best, or like no, if, like like or if your gift is discredited ju- because they have an obligation to. Sure, give that's you what I was saying. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I didn't give you. A, I want to just highlight it's again. I did not give you a gift. Okay, fine. Next year for sure, though. <laughs> well, I'll, maybe I'll give you a flask. Oh, I, I, one more gift. Well, oh, I, I did play um, a joke on my kids. Did I tell you the flask bit that I played on my kids? That I came home and they thought I was acting goofy. So I'm like, I'm gonna run with this and pretend I'm really drunk. So I convinced my sons that a friend. Your sons of, are like three years old. They know what being drunk is. The six-year-old, yeah, every kid knows what being drunk is. I don't know that that's true. The six-year-old for sure knows what being drunk is, and the eleven-year-old. Like, I convinced them that I had, um, basically, I was, I, because I, they, everyone knows I like to drink Coke Zero. Like, that's my, that's my. Even I know that. Yeah, every, yeah, I'm obsessed with Coke Zero, and, um, so I said I went to like some sort of socially distanced. I I forget what it was. So like a ba- like a new baby party or something like that for just a few minutes. And I convinced them that my friend was there, had me drink from his flask, but he told me it was Coke Zero, but really it must have been alcohol. Like that's what they sort of thought. They pieced together it had happened cuz I'm like, "What do you mean? I was drinking from Reese, Reese's flask. It was Coke Zero." And then my wife was like buying it. She's like, "Nobody drinks Coke Zero in a flask." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> he must have tricked me." So then they like ran around the whole day telling everybody I guess they, they they did get mixed up on the alcohol because they ran around everyone telling people the next day that that this guy gave their dad drugs, which was I guess like <laughs> a combination between getting drunk and and drugs and alcohol. So that's the um, cutest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So they so that was our flash thing. That so now they always like when they see him, they're like get get daddy drugs again. He wants <laughs> I want him to act crazy. Um. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's the flash story. That's the a good one, way to teach your kids about the dangers of peer pressure and taking drinks from strangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other the other gift thing uh, that we should talk about is, of course, Schmidt giving Cece a gift, which is a huge leap. Like, the only thing we've seen over their relationship is at the Thanksgiving party. There was no resolution or no advancement of that storyline last week, right? But in a way, this is, like, the perfect advancement of it, which is, like, Schmidt awkwardly shows up at her job and awkwardly gives her a romantic gift that is one-sided. Like, she didn't give him a gift, and she's nice, but it's sort of like, great, I'll see you at the party. Like, thanks so much. Cece, obviously a woman who has received multiple unsolicited holiday gifts from men. She seems well-experienced in that when she's receiving this gift. Um, but, But, yeah, so I actually thought this was the perfect, like, 
It's been a little while since Thanksgiving. Schmidt probably hasn't really seen Cece much based on the episodes we've seen. And now he's like, I got you this romantic gift right after we held hands. And she was like, oh, um, thanks. Like, so I thought this was the perfect escalation of it. Yeah, I mean, this is like his making a move. He's making a move by giving her a gift. Of course, the D-bag boyfriend that we're going to meet a minute later that we don't know about, who I assume we won't see again. Uh, he does not get Cece a gift. But for some reason comes like how his connection to Schmidt is so tenuous. It's crazy that Schmidt gets 10 invites to the company holiday party, if you think about it. Like, do you get to bring 10 people with you to your company's holiday party if it happens? I don't think so. We got a lot of questions. Emma first said, have you ever actually had an an office holiday party or is it something that only exists in sitcoms? Um, I've had it at small offices. Um, and NBC would do like a rap party that I never attended because it was always too intimidating for me. I never went to it. Oh, my God, Akiva. Okay. Um, <laughs> the I don't know. Like, have you ever been to which was also double as a holiday party since our season went in like January 1st? Have you ever have you ever been to like a big corporate holiday party? Yes, of course. I mm-hmm. only had big corporate jobs. Like I like that's not a brag. That's just like no, mm-hmm. it's just like yes. I, and I remember the first time my first job after college. I was floored because I felt the same as Emma, like who has like a Christmas party or whatever. And then people started talking about it. We got an email invite and I was like, oh, there's like a Christmas party. But I feel like every time, like they had just, like the first year I was there, they got rid of plus ones. So I never went to a holiday party that had like my Mm -hmm. first like few years of working that had plus ones, much less plus seven. But, yeah, they rented out a hotel in New York. They had, like, a nine-piece band. It was, like, a wedding. And it's yeah. wild because, like, people don't want to be there. Right. And then, like, people get too drunk. And then there's an after party that I – here's advice. If you get invited to a corporate holiday party, go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go home. Like, yeah. there's no – there for me, as a professional person, I have no need to be out and about after midnight with my coworkers. So, right. Uh, like you should be stuff would happen. Yeah, you, but realistically, even if you're someone who likes to drink, like you should have zero drinks at the at the corporate holiday party. Oh yeah, no, my dad firmly taught me a two drink, um, like office place event mm-hmm. maximum, yeah. and I tend to stick to that. That's good advice. Um, I think I, that's good advice. I do think so. All right, so let, let's do the math here, okay? Schmidt has fr- has a friend. Schmidt has several friends. The the I'd say the least close of which is Cece. Cece's best friend gets to bring her boyfriend to the holiday party also. So now this guy is the boyfriend of this girl's best friend who is essentially a roommate, not even like really a friend who's known him for six weeks. This guy's going, the Associated Strategies must be America's largest corporation if they're just footing the bill for hundreds of friends and family of, of coworkers. You could bring your kids to this holiday party. It's wild. Um, yeah, Nathan said, Nathan K said, since when do you bring your roommates and your roommate's friend and your roommate's friend's boyfriend to your office party? I mean, the answer to that is when you're on TV. Mm-hmm. I, I've been to, I've had one job where there was a work event where you could bring up to four people. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's like totally out of the question. I think it's more out of the question that Schmidt would bring all these people because yeah. he seems like very motivated to like network and do well at the it's company. It's shocking that he would bring like Nick and Winston. He's probably embarrassed to them, you know? Yeah, so it's, like, basically he wanted so hard to, like, go to this baby shower. Like, he seems like he wants to, like, really move up at the company and schmooze. And instead, he's bringing, like, seven people to this party. It's crazy. Um, and do you recognize the actor who plays the D-bag boyfriend? CC I boyfriend? don't. Do you? Stephen Amell. He's, like, a really big... He's, like, one of these... 
He's in like the DC or Marvel TV universe, I think. Oh, he's a... okay. Yeah, of course. I can't believe I don't recognize him. No, but he's like a bit, he's, you know, probably got a couple million followers. Like he's, uh, what's he's his name? Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell. He's, um, he's the star of Arrow, which was he's a show on the CW. Very good looking. He's a very good looking guy. Uh, Canadian guy, star. Oh, of... the Lash, the Flash. My famous, uh, when I was running for. Senior class secretary, my, all my campaign posters were my head on the Flash's body that said vote the Lash. I did win. What were you running for? Senior class secretary. And did you, were you the senior class secretary? I, I did win. I oh, okay. also lost many student council elections prior to that, so I'm not a brag. But I won senior class secretary. Um, yeah, so he I, he's like famous, Stephen Amell. What? Oh, what do I care? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like the most famous, I don't know, if, is he the most famous person to appear so far? Oh, wait, he's in Code 8? Wait, you think Stephen Amell is more famous than, than Natasha like, Leone? currently than Natasha Leone and Gunslinger? Yes, definitely, definitely. Is. Oh my God, I don't want to start another debate like this. He's got 2.3 million followers on Twitter. Yeah, but that's because he's hot. Is he the hottest person to appear? Absolutely. Hot people don't get extra followers on Twitter. That's Instagram. Oh, on Twitter, on Twitter, on Twitter. He's got 2.3 on Twitter. That's famous. <laughs> How many does Justin Long have again? Like none. Please. <laughs> Well, I have to say that Code 8 uh, was a movie that I watched in my Jofo. I'm not done with that. I just haven't – I haven't given up. I just haven't continued. Oh, you, what were you doing? A, a movie a day or something? Jo Jofo's like 30 movie thing and I was just like I'm going to actually watch every one of his episodes and then I just got busy. But Code 8 I did watch and it was absolutely terrible. So thank you, Jofo, for that. But there was – it was like his prompt was like – a movie that you like because people are hot or something. I forget what it was. It wasn't like he was saying it's a great movie, mm -hmm. but it was. Yeah, it Stephen Amell, six million followers on Instagram, also. So he's not just Twitter, but he's well. He's that's famous. a hot bump. Instagram is irrelevant when it comes. Okay, to, but two point three million on Twitter is is an unbelievable amount. That's a lot. I mean, can you contextualize it for me? Like, who's someone actually famous? Who has two point three? Like, no, like, yeah, who's somebody? Well, that first I would of all, know? Natasha Leone has one point six. I don't know. Maybe she's got a great Instagram game or. A terrible Instagram game. No, Twitter. So, Focus on Twitter. I think you're right. Okay. That's more of a sign. 2.3. What, what are you snacking on? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have like a great uh, comparison for... But 2.3 <laughs> is a lot. I don't know. You, you, need, you need my... Like you need me to explain that 2.3 is a lot. I don't, I'm like, I, I, I need... Uh, I don't know. All these lists are way over two, so I can't even. I can't even like. Find, who else has two point three million followers on Twitter to like compare it to somebody? <laughs> How did you hear that? You were like crumpling stuff in the microphone. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. No, I mean like, how many like does uh you know I don't know Jennifer Garner have? I don't think she, she has have Twitter. Twitter, but that's what I mean. Like I'm just saying when I say contextualize it, like someone I know. Who's uh, not the, even the Lincoln the Lincoln Project has that many. <laughs> okay, well let's move on <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> That's all I found when I googled that. Um, Actually, what I should have said to that is, what's the Lincoln Project? Do you not know what it is? No, I do, but I would just like you to give us a Kiwi summer. A Kiwi no, oh yeah, the Kiwi's it. Corner. Should we do that? <laughs> uh, you know, Jennifer Garner does not have a Twitter. I'm not even sure Jennifer Garner has a has an Insta. No, she has a prolific Instagram. She is oh, one she of the does? most joyful people to follow on Instagram, honestly. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's a very good person. Do you want to give us your top 10 Instagram follows next week? You want to make that list? Um, What what would that mean? Like the people I'm like... Like you recommend. Like you're my recommends. By the way, she has 10 million Instagram followers, which is like enough to pay all your bills. 
for the rest of your life and like shockingly low. You know what I mean? Like Jennifer Garner, A-list actress. How is like, 10 million Instagram followers shockingly low? Because the Kardashians have like 100 million. Like everyone who's yeah, famous their has. Brain is, their, brain, their brand is Instagram. Like Jennifer Garner. But there like, are not famous people who like just post their butt and have that many. Also. <laughs> I know, but what I'm saying is exactly that's like Jennifer Garner's like main segment of fans are probably not on Instagram. Right. So it's like, yeah, if you're if you're like TikTok famous and you're showing your butt, like that's exactly the people you're going to get to follow you on Instagram. But so you're team Garner, you're you're a Garner fan, but you're also an Affleck, obviously, uh, supporter. Well, I'm look a supporter. I talk about supporting someone who could be canceled at any moment. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to put my right a uh, weight. I'd feel much more comfortable supporting Jennifer Garner. But I don't even think their divorce was like made anyone take sides because Jennifer Garner is such an angel. Like I think right, right. I guess like what you gonna do? Fine. Nobody's like, yeah, I agree that he should be on like a drunken bender. Like they, a, you know, yeah, they like share the kids. Had. Like mm-hmm. he's had his struggles. He's admitted to it. He seems happy with the person he's dating now, and she's joyous on Instagram. All right, this Love has it. been the this has been uh, the Garner minute. What else do we got? Uh, we talked about Schmidt and Cece. I mean, I I do think more than that. Schmidt gave a gift. The real evolution this episode is Cece's sort of. Subtly, I think um, Cece does great acting here. I just totally forgot her na- her name. Hannah Simone does great acting here as Cece mm-hmm. in like just basically in facial expressions and tone, expressing that she's sort of coming around to the idea of Schmidt being an actual man as opposed to like some crazy person who lives with her best friend. Um, I have written down, and I don't remember where this line is from. This isn't Temple. That, wait, that's what you're going to respond. Cece doesn't say that. I can tell you who says that, but that's your reaction to my laying the groundwork for what could be a relationship between Schmidt and Cece? No, so I don't I don't think Schmidt and Cece are going to date. No, that's my saying, take. Do you disagree that this episode was sort of Cece's opening her eyes to the possibility that he's like a real person? I wonder if they're going to be Jim Pam. I, I do like the fact that I truly don't know the answer to these questions. I really haven't been spoiled on much. I'm, I'm 99% sure that Schmidt and that Nick and, and Jess end up together, but I don't know who else ends up with who. I can't imagine like it's just going to be so corny like friends that four of the core five are just in steady relationships by like season two can you respond to my question which is just purely talking about this episode yeah say it again though because it's uh 351 and i may have been looking at my notes and missed it. do you think that or i'll say this i think and you definitely don't have to agree in fact Mm -hmm. it'd probably be boring for the podcast if you agreed that no pressure that this is the episode where sort of cc's communicating or hannah simone the actress is communicating that maybe she's opening her eyes to Schmidt as a real possibility Mm -hmm. more than she used to brush him off as like some dweeb. Absolutely. Of course. Okay. Well, I said it three times and you were like, well, let's talk about temp. This isn't temple. (laughs) I was just confused by my notes. Um, (laughs) Yes. I, I I think that's very clear. Uh, It also works because like every guy she dates is the worst, but like ultimately Schmidt is the worst. Also, if you just don't know him, like he's are the worst, you know, we like, we know him, we love him, but I don't, think like if a random person on the street met him they would think he's any different than i don't think he's the worst i think he's like a love i think all of these people have but we know him if you just met schmidt once and he was like dropping like the weird way all he says all these words and bragging about his job like you would think oh that's like this d-bag i met once and i'm never going to speak to again 
Yeah, but see, you know this about me. Like, I decide in five seconds if I like a person. So, like, yeah, but I you was... might decide with Schmidt that you don't like it. Mm, no, but I I know people like this. Obviously, he's a caricature, but it's sort of yeah, it's possible. But I feel like he's a good egg inside, and that's what we've seen about all of them. They're all flawed, but they're all like genuinely good friends. I mean, they f up, but they're good friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that shows with Schmidt because it comes from a place of insecurity, which is always relatable. Is that a good gift, like the um, perfume, custom per- perfume? The custom perfume. Cecilia number five. Mm-hmm. Did you get that reference? Uh, it's like from Mambo number five. No, no. There's like a very famous uh, Chanel fragrance. That's Chanel number five. Yeah, that I know. That I know. Okay. So I why, when I asked you if you get the reference, did you? Say well, what's the Cecilia part? That's her. That's Chanel, her full name. Cecilia number mm-hmm. five. Anyway. Um, like, no, it's a terrible gift, but it's endearing. It has the exact reaction that it should from CC, which is like, wow, this guy put an effort that most guys could never. It's an effort of. gift. It's an effort gift. Exactly. It's thoughtful. He had all of these semi-offensive reasons for all the ingredients he picked. And like he failed, which is more adorable. Like if he yes. had this beautiful fragrance, it would probably be like a little weird. Like it's like, wow, he tried so hard and failed. That's so adorable. And and lessens the severity of the gift. Like she's never going to wear it again. Oh, this since we're talking about gifts and perfume. Yeah. So I like two, two birthdays ago I'm like oh, I'm going to get my wife perfume cuz she's uh, I didn't like the she perfume smells. she had or whatever no she <laughs> it's funny because I've been married to her for 16 years she's never smelled bad once but she always puts on perfume I think you're scientifically supposed to think that she smells good all the time probably but like I think compared to like a fat sweaty guy like she's probably like pretty <laughs> decent smelling so then um but I so I like didn't know what to do I didn't know what to ask maybe I asked her mom I think and I asked Haley Strong <laughs> Those oh my god, two. I love that. Also I, future are, guest. Yeah, those are the people if I believe I If you just reach out to her, it's like you, Renap, you're booking guests left and right. You're like, I have to reach out to Haley Strong. You can't, and then you don't. I don't know what you're saying. I'm saying that you were supposed to book Haley Strong. I did book her. Time. You didn't pick an episode. Oh, she said whatever episode you want. I told you that. Uh, well, okay. Nail it down and get back to me. Um, so, um, and so I ended up saying, okay, like I'm going to get you something or I got her something. But then I told my mom and she's like, do you know what? I'll go with her. And so then my mom we went with, with her because we were going somewhere anyway. It was like on her birthday or, or I forget what it was, but like mom happened to be in town. She's like, well, I'll take her and you could get her something else or whatever. I'll buy her something expensive. And then, so she went with my wife and the, and like, she, my, you know, it's annoying to try and perfume. I, I don't know. If people have ever done it, but like it's hard to spray a bunch and then not it, like it's hard to spray 30 different perfumes in a short span because like you're just smelling the same thing and they're giving you the uh, what do they give you like the water? I don't coffee even remember. Grinds. It's like yeah, coffee. they're giving you like coffee grinds or whatever. And so like I, it's very hard to do. You almost need to like smell like one a day every day for a year. <laughs> That's really the best way to do sure, it. Sure. OK. So then she ended up picking up one that like I don't like and I ask her not to ever put on and my daughter puts it on and I like have to like leave the room when they put it on so that what was probably the worst though I don't know that I don't even remember what type what oh, type come it is. on you gotta get the name I could for next week I can get you the name but the for next week can you text Mara now she's up no it's three Mara. Some, see I never know sometimes I'm like oh your whole family's fast asleep and then Noam grabs the mic and it's like yeah but not a 4 a.m it's 4 a.m right now <laughs> all right um, let's relax but um uh but but now that's the worst gift I ever gave because it actually backfired on me I don't even. I actually think you can uh, disclaim the gift. You didn't give it. No, but it, but it actively harms me every time they put it on. Well, I mean that's a bad gift. So you basically were like, take my credit card and pick out your own perfume. 
no, I was going to go, but then I think it ended up being... I guess maybe I didn't even give it to her. It might have ended up being my mom. I don't know. But anyway, that was a gift that backfired. It was my idea. Um, one you never went back to that well. Well, no, I because I'm going to get something that's even worse next time. But I, I think perfume is a weird gift to give now because it's very specific to the person and they have to pick what they like. Ideally, something their partner that, that likes sense, too. People uh, that smell different on you. But I like, for example, I 100% could pick a perfume for my mom. I know exactly what scent she likes. And uh, so, but you just don't know that. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I don't know what this person likes. Um, this I, person is your wife. What do oh, you yeah, mean? I yeah. This, yeah. You I didn't don't, zone out. I don't know what this person likes. I know. I wasn't in zone out. That's true. <laughs> this person, your wife of a lot of years. Uh, can we talk about the love triangle here with Nick and uh, Gunslinger and Zooey? Well, let, let me just pause you before we get to the whole gens of it all. And mm-hmm. I just want to talk about Elvin, and I want to talk about the line you, you called out. So basically, uh, just to wrap up the Schmidt and CC bit, that – you know, you clocked her, his boss, Kim, uh, comes over when he's talking to Cece and is like, Santa voice, this isn't Temple. Someone wrote to us, like, is that the most anti-Semitic line of the show? I mean, I didn't think it was anti-Semitic, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that struck a chord with you if you wrote it down and said it out of context. Yeah, I got to write context. Especially, you know, sometimes we I watch the show like 20 minutes before we talk, but this time I sort of watched and we were just like, what you know, three days ago and we figured like, all right, we'll figure out a time to record. A little behind the scenes action there. Um, but okay, so Cece does sort of cave to Schmidt a little and says sort of like, you have to stand up to your boss. I mean, it's ridiculous how he's being treated. Full, like, harassment by his boss. Schmidt um, also like, claims to be a zillionaire. His responsibilities include fixing the toner on, like, the printer. <laughs> is that a joke that he's, like, the only man in the office and he could do it? Like, I don't get it. No, I think I think that is sort of a humiliation bit. It's sort of like okay. she's, like, his responsibilities don't include being uh, Cinco de Sexy or whatever. Right. Like, but, but he gets pushed around even though he doesn't, quote, deserve it at his job. So Cece gives him sort of that pep talk that he needs and says, like, if you don't stand up to her, she'll only see you as a pretty face and a hot body, which absolutely melts Schmidt's heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I died when he's like, sexy Martin Luther King. Like, I never thought I had the authority. Like, yeah, I just, I, like, was those funny. bits made me laugh. But, um, all right. So his, we get a little more insight into his job. Let's talk about Jess and Guns. What, what do you want to say about them? So Guns drops the L-bomb. It's not requited. Not given back. Very awkward. Well, who in the history of the world has ever said thank you in response to someone saying I love you? That, to me, you talk about something being sitcom-y. Oh, I've seen it a hundred times. I've just, it's, but it's in only on TV li- shows. In no. real life, you've seen someone say thank you to no, I no, love it, you? No, it's, it's almost a trope. Like in the movies, like someone saying uh, the, I love you and it not coming back is it happens constantly so thank you we've probably seen in like 20 different movies or tv shows is it in real life no it's probably never happened in real life but i'm saying i have not said i love you in response when someone has said i love you to me but i did not sure thank you right i understand i understand what we're saying um i thought that would be a big news story the thank you no, that I that someone said I love you to me and I did not reciprocate that. Oh, that happens everywhere. That like uh, that happens when not I go to, to sleep. most people. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like I would never say I love you if I wasn't pretty damn sure it was coming back to me. Someone has to start the first time. You can't like you can't like uh, shake on it. Yeah, but it's pretty awkward if you're the just in the situation. But okay, I Matt. think I think a lot of relationships have this. I think it's happened in almost every relationship. All someone right, listeners, Akiva is communicating to me that he's not interested in the story. So I will ask you a question about yourself. No, I am extremely Matt interested Stewart, in the story. Matt Stewart <laughs> says, Akiva, did you or Mara say love first? 
Um, I'm sure me. You. I'm sure me. I'm sure had me. Had to be you. And I'll let you know when I get it back. Yeah, minute one, you were probably like, I love you, and now we're married, so you don't have a choice. You can't ever leave. She was we like, oh, married shit. for over a year. You were married for over a year before you said No, I'm saying we didn't get married for over a year. Like, it wasn't like, you make it seem like we got married the day we met. No, um, that was a joke that it was like you were no, recently but, uh, trying to lock oh, her down. But some people do think that just because like, I listen, there's ultra-Orthodox people in Judaism that do do that. They meet once and they get married. Well, you know, you just like met your your wife young. Yeah, very young. Teenagers. Uh, so what's your story? We want to hear your story. No, no, that, that's the, that's really just the story. I just think mm-hmm. nobody would ever actually say thank you. That's like so sitcom You didn't respond back, but you've never been the... Have you ever gotten not responded? Of course not. Okay. Who, who wouldn't... There's no one in this world right now I couldn't say I love you to that wouldn't be elated. Even people on the street, you're saying. You'd as, say you, as you well know from the stories I tell you, people are just lining up for me to tell them I love them. So it's never happened. I think, um, <laughs> yeah... That happens with my parents. What? I'm saying you, you never like drop an I love you and your parents are like, okay, goodbye. Never happens. No, my there. parents were very um, communicative about, like, were very insistent that we said I love you to each other and, uh, our, you know, them and whatever. There's an old sort of, it's not even a trope because it's true of like the grizzled like grandpa who's like never said I love you to his son. Yes. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was just like, I'm thinking that, but that I don't think that wasn't my ju- family. But yeah, no. That, yeah, it, uh, I certainly have family members who have done that. But like, it's, it, but I, I think that like will die out with our generation. I feel like everyone in our generation will say, I love "Yeah, we're soft. We're all hugging and learning. We're very soft. Yeah, we're all hugging and learning. Yeah, yeah. Let's there, change I don't, that. Let's change it. Stop saying I love you to your kids for a week. See what happens. <laughs> okay. Fine. <laughs> All right, that will we'll let you know how the experiment goes for next week. Are you on Speaking like of, a one a day, multiple times a day routine? No, I think that would be. You say it more, I think, if you don't see the people because you'll call them up and if it's like a phone call. The weird thing is the people who do I love you at the end of like a like, a, oh, are we meeting later? OK, goodbye. And like the end of a phone call, like love you. And then maybe they'll call back three more times. But you always end with the I love you. Not calling about anybody in particular here, but um, that's the weird. Now, I think if like you see your kids, you're not going to say I love you like 10 times a day. But <laughs> if you were like not living in the house anymore, you spoke to them, you'd be like, all right, love you. Bye. You know what I always rebelled against? And this is mm-hmm. totally off topic, but. Like, when I hit a certain point in high school, everyone started doing the, like, hug or kiss goodbye. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the kiss hello, but the kiss goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one in the friend group who was like, I'm literally seeing you guys tomorrow. Like, I right. don't need to give five hugs right now. And mm-hmm. everybody always looked at me strange. And maybe that's why I'm not friends with a lot of people from that time. Right. Pretty negative. But I thought it was a funny bit to, like, call everyone out on how stupid they were. So, yeah, I get it. If you're, like, seeing your kids, especially now when you're in quarantine, you don't have to be like, yeah. hey, no, I'm love you, bud. Like every, see you, in, every see you hour. get in three minutes <laughs> on your on your Zoom. I th- this is a, I'll I'll tell an embarrassing story. Um, I for whatever reason woke up late today because I have very little else going on. And usually, if I go to sleep, if I wake up late, like tomorrow morning, it's because I was recording a podcast. But last night, I ended up not recording podcast, even though I sort of stayed up late to do it. So I'm up at 10:30. I roll over, and of course, when I wake up, because I'm almost legally blind and I don't wear my glasses to sleep, I am very foggy for the first few minutes. So I roll over and I see a a young child in my wife's half of the bed sitting with a laptop. And I'm like, what is going on? Why does this baby, this three-year-old, have a laptop? And then I realize he's on his like weekly Zoom class with his nursery school. And I've like just like I'm looking for my glasses. And I don't know if I've like, sort of fallen asleep next to them or where they are. And I sort of like ro- zo- roll over and I realize like I just rolled over 
like in my pajamas at 10.30 a.m. looking like a disaster without my glasses on, so like I have no idea where I am, into my son's like nursery Zoom picture while I'm still in bed. Imagine like what the teacher thinks at uh, 10.30 a.m. I have some ideas. And then she, <laughs> and then like one minute, like I roll out, okay, fine, like move the computer so it's not on me. And he's doing his thing, and they're singing their songs, they're having a good time. And then she asks a question. Uh, in Hebrew, but he doesn't speak Hebrew yet because he's been in class for like three days because of Corona. Uh, what are you What are you eating? Nothing. No. What are you eating? What's the food that's been? <laughs> I, what's I'm, this? There's food? nothing in my mouth. I'm not eating, but I am what, moving stuff around. What on is my the? Desk. What's the food that was being <laughs> not, eaten before? I'm not eating right now. I am moving stuff. Was it a I recipe a from the low calorie cookbook? I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little bored at the story. <laughs> well, now it's gonna go on for five more minutes. You so, know what I was thinking? We really need a Rob or like a Brian or someone to cut us off because we're both co-hosts. We'll, all, we'll riff for hours. Mm-hmm. We need someone to be like, enough about this. Like yeah. what you wanted to do when I was telling gift stories, what I want to do when you're talking about your son. Yeah. Like, let's move on. But now finish. Well, that's what we're going to... Next week is our first guest week. So maybe that's what And it's happen. even maybe, worse. It's that's the guest. That's going to be that's wiling be the, out. Yeah, and he's nice. He's not going to be mean to us. But the, the, that's going to be... Yeah. The, that's going to be the guest job to sort of get us in line, I think. But anyway, yeah, if you're listening, you better you better be ready to host the show because host the show and whip, us, the whip show. us into shape. And then my so the, then like my son turns <laughs> the thing to me. My son turns the thing to me, and the teacher starts asking him like the, most of the time it was like a group thing, but I guess it was his turn asking the question in Hebrew that I couldn't really hear. Again, I've just woken up and don't understand. So now I'm like a moron. Like, and then I like stop being iconic and like move out of screen, like ignoring his teacher who's talking to me clearly on Zoom. And, but like, you don't run. really speak Hebrew either. I do, but like I have no idea what they're talking about. And then all of a sudden, like he realizes what she's asking, and he like z- zoom, no pun intended, out of the room and go gets uh, go gets. Uh, like some, the thing that it was like show and tell from his house that he like realized he had go to go get. Some. But I'm like running, Mara, like the teacher's trying to t- speak to a three year old, and I don't know what she's saying. Anyway, that was the okay, story. Well, apologies to Yosef who did a great job on helping out on our podcast last week. Mm-hmm. Um, who some of you might not know what we're talking about, and that's because you don't make it through the podcast. And yep, honestly, after to this the very episode, end. I don't blame you. Yeah, that's true. But the last couple episodes have had sort of special things at the very end. Easter eggs, baby. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, what else do we have? Okay, so the, let's get to the love triangle. Yeah, please. Yeah, so I it's so they get locked outside, which is why um which is why Nick is sort of eavesdropping on Gunslinger and Zooey, but before that he lets Gunslinger know that he is well aware that that he dropped the L bomb. It was not returned. I, I feel like Zooey loves everyone. Like even if she doesn't love him, love him, I'm surprised she didn't be like, I love you too, like as a friend or whatever. Um the two most earnest people on earth it is a strange relationship i mean let's go back a half step which is mm-hmm. a part that has always confused me about new girl where jess first tells nick about the gens love bomb mm-hmm. and i feel like they leave that conversation where jess is like i'm gonna break up with him because yeah. Nick says like you can't lead him on you don't have feelings for him and she's like yeah okay then when nick tells him it's not like oh i'm sorry you broke up, breakups are hard, especially on the holidays. It's like, so what, man? She doesn't love you, but, like, she might love you one day. And then mm-hmm. Jess's pitch to him when she's clarifying is like, yeah, like, I'm just not there yet, but can we take a step back? So I right. must feel like there's, like, a big continu- continu- continuity issue where it's like, she's leaving to break up with him, but then somehow that's the three of us Should we in put the in the goofs? Is in the goof section for this episode on IMDb? I'm sorry, what? No, it's is, not. Uh, it's it's not like me. It's like me, Nick, and Jess understand the conversation. We leave the conversation thinking, 
they're going to break up. But somehow Nick and Jess changed their mind, and it's just going to be a let's ratchet it back a step. I agree. It's not clear, and maybe they didn't know Justin Long's status, so they're sort of keeping it open. Then I do think we will see him again. Which, for the record, that is the move. When mm-hmm. someone says they love you and you don't love them back at the moment, mm-hmm. I think it's, especially if it's early in the relationship. Well, you might, no, you might back. be sure you're never going to, you're never going to love that person either. No, but I don't think she is sure. Right, but I'm saying it's not always the move. Sometimes no, the no, move no. Is I'm like, saying the move is if you time, still, baby. yeah. Of course. Well, okay. I don't need to tell someone that if they want to break up with someone, the move is to break up. No, with you, them. you do. This is a relationship advice podcast. But you I think no. Them. But I'm saying if if you're, I think the more the more awkward situation is when you still like the person and don't want to break up. Right. The less awkward situation is like, okay, we have to break up. Um, no one yeah. needs advice on, you know, uh, someone said that I love them and it uh, they love me and it made me realize I want to break up. Uh, what do I do? What if you they're break rich? Up. What? No, nothing. Um, uh, but another great scene you. that that isn't really part of the um, isn't really part of the storyline, but is a wonderful scene is Jess and Cece in the bathroom, like on the floor, just talking. It is. I feel like it's one of their first like really good friendship scenes. Mm hmm. Uh, it does this pass the Bechdel test? Not really, right? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, it does. They're talking about Christmas's past. That's not the whole conversation is not just about a man. How they want to stay in the bathroom? Yeah. How they need to leave the bathroom because a woman blew up the bathroom? Blew up the bathroom. Yeah, but it is. I think it is funny. Like it, it, you know, because it is a trope. Like, oh, women are going to the bathroom together. That shows up on movies and TV shows a lot. So it's funny to just see them gabbing in the bathroom. Um. But they also didn't go in together, like, right? Cece right. comes in to find, or vice versa, just comes in to find Cece By the way, there. we did not uh, really get to know this, but if they're, this is the ladies' room, the men's bathroom in this office must be just incredible for Schmidt. It must be his personal bathroom. Oh. <laughs> Think about that. That's wild, right? And, and you would wonder why Schmidt's paying to use the bathroom of whatever restaurant he's using in, mm-hmm. in the other episodes when he should just go to his office and have a bathroom parent. I was I thinking, think like, yeah, point. even even if he has to go to the bathroom at, at home, which, which we've established is a, an ab, like an abject nightmare, the bathroom in his house, uh, he should, if, if his work is within a half hour, I think he should have to go there every single time. <laughs> um, But... So let's talk about uh, the breakup thing for another moment. Um, and I always mispronounce his name. What's our great Irish listener's name? Oh, Yolan. Olin. Olin Allen. Olin, I think. There's okay, no well, yet. you don't know either. So he Olin says, Allen. and please let us know. Um, because No, it's Olin. It's Olin. Olin. Okay. Mm-hmm. After talk in, ep- in the episode about worst holidays to break up on, what is the best to do it? Ooh. And then he offers that he takes national pride in going for St. Patrick's Day. So messy, uninhibited, and as previously discussed, unsexy. Nicely timed a month after Valentine's. Yom Kippur, I think. That's not the best holiday to break up. Yom- that's you can immediately get repentance. Well, that's what I remember with that, with that girl who gave me the journal. You gave, right you afterwards. Did a, you did a YKB? Yeah, because you have to do you have to like do some soul searching that day. You're in synagogue for like 12 hours. Realize... No, it's not going to happen. And then you call so up right that, afterwards. But okay, so you're saying it's the but that's also around my birthday. to realize you need to break up. I think on your birthday, you, you it's like open season. You're allowed to break up with somebody on your own birthday. Mm, nope, that's happened to me. It's not great. On you, what you no, but you you no, you cannot break up with a person on their birthday. No, no, you, no. I'm saying one of the many times mm-hmm. uh, the Gentile and I rocked the vending machine back and forth uh, mm-hmm. was like on his birthday weekend. Oh, okay, fine. So I think he sort of broke up with me on his birthday. It didn't take, but it wasn't good. 
Because mm-hmm. that person has done a lot to like. Did you have to give him a you. present? What, like on the day he's breaking up with you? It's a whole mess. But anyway, okay, all fine. I'm saying is I don't. I don't think that's a good. Maybe. You know, it's a holiday you don't celebrate. It's probably the best. Like Father's Day. <laughs> like for me. Oh, well, then it's like, then the answer is like not a holiday. Like National, you know, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups Day or something. Like the- That's good. Something to console you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Pull and I mean, Peel Twizzler Day. She goes through a very funny, very common, like, realization that's like, at, Jared Freed has a, a bit that's like a comedian that's like, beware birthdays and holidays that they're relationship killers. And it totally mm-hmm. is true. I mean, maybe Thanksgiving, like before Thanksgiving break, maybe. Like I have a good one. Their family. So I have like, a I have a good breakup day. Please. Election day. Looks <laughs> like all right. I, you're I not voting for, for the same candidate as me. Bye. I'm hoping that's a great one. I'm hoping for a very big breakup on election day. <laughs> yes, this year. that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we'll leave it as that. We we the Jets endorse, and Le'Veon Bell. We we endorse uh, this election day of 2020 as the best break day to break mm-hmm. up. So yep. consider that, please. Break up with your man. Break up with, uh, break up with, you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one underrated scene, just like um, Cece and Jess in the bathroom to me, is Nick taking this phone call with his mom while he's um, trapped outside. And he's just like, like, I can't talk, mom. I'm in a real weird situation. I've done that a lot to my mom, where I just answer to say I can't talk, one more sentence and hang up. Matt Stewart says, do either of you code switch and have a stronger accent around your family versus non-New Yorkers with, like, Nick on the phone with his mom? Because he does pick up, I don't even know if it's a Chicago accent, but he does pick up a thick accent when he talks to his mom. Um, this is only semi-related, but I did pick up my mom called we speak to her every Friday. I, she called, uh, and I sort of instantly picked up, but I was holding my phone while I was peeing. Um, so then I hung, I'm like, hey, mom, and then I hung up immediately. Uh, and then I like, I called her back like 20 seconds later. I was like, sorry, I like, you could like, hear me peeing. It was weird. So Wait, you I, only talk to your mom on Fridays? Yeah. On the phone, yeah. Okay. Um, so then... <laughs> I talk to my mom like five times a day. I know, I know. It's different. So then... Um, <laughs> Uh, what's it called? What are we talking about? We got to talk about Elvin and Winston. Cause Elvin. You love Elvin. To talk about Elvin. Um, can you look up Elvin for me? Blake Garrett Rosenthal. He mm-hmm. was also in an episode of Mom. Um, or maybe multiple episodes of Mom. He might be the kid in Mom. I don't know. I looked at a very brief IMD bags on him, but I got distracted. Because Dan Sinensky says, what roles does Elvin's character... Does Elvin's actor, who is Blake Garrett Rosenthal, get as he ages? Um, I do have to issue a retraction. I was so wrong. I just didn't realize that Elvin comes a next episode. She's obviously still pregnant. And do you love Elvin? Like, I love Elvin. Yeah, he's a cute kid. I like him. In general, I found, you know, getting... You're like, you think cute kids... Like, you're into cute kids. Like, you like talking about well, he's kids. funny like he has some good funny lines mm-hmm. and uh i like w- this side of winston honestly winston's only storyline has been that he needs a job for like nine episodes or i guess he wasn't in the first one so eight episodes mm-hmm. and like here we see winston be good at something like i feel like this was a sweet moment for him a nice episode for him unclear why he's the go-to person at the party although like i guess the point is that elvin doesn't really connect with people and he connects with winston um, this is, I guess, another question. Do you think we see more Elvin and Winston together? Well, I already know we see more Elvin because you literally just told me to go to uh, his uh, IMDb page. I don't think that's that big of a deal. And it's not. He's, he shows up two more times. Uh, so let me give you his IMDb page. Ma- Married Not Dead, a TV movie. Bridesmaid. Crazy Eyes. New Girl. This is 40. Uncredited. He's in the office twice. 
He is Dwight Schrute's nephew in the office. Oh yeah, he is. In the uh, when they when his aunt dies and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. his sister comes, like they have to stay on the farm. And our mom, he's like a regular. He's in he's in like he's every episode. He's the kid I think, on, on mom. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So he's had his real career. Although Good I guess it's real. over now. No, it's uh, mom is still there, but she's not coming back. Well, he I think he was done with mom at a certain he he must they must have changed the character or written him off mom. They killed off the kid? I think they killed off the kid because his last episode is twenty sixteen, I think, on mom. Oh. Okay, Elvin. R.I.P. Elvin, sorry. I mean hope not literal R.I.P. but um anyway. Uh, what else do we have from this episode? I didn't love the candy cane lane stuff. I thought that was a little shoehorned in. It was like weird See, at the end. Okay, so this is the thing where it's like we got a lot of mixed reviews. Like some people wrote to us like that was the worst thing. Some people wrote that was the best thing. This warms my heart. I just love this moment. I don't love that Nick misses his flight for it, but like Jess is sad about the breakup. She obviously didn't want to break up with him, but Gunslinger sort of cuts bait on the like let's slow it down. She's probably the right decision anyway. Um, and like Nick, it's so uncharacteristic of Nick to do something like this, but he does it in the most Nick way, which makes me sort of connect to it where he's sort of like, you want to show off, like show off your lights. Like he's being nasty about it. He's not like having holiday spirit and it's purely just about cheering Jess up. So I love this moment, but a lot of people don't like it. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not for me to decide like the Christmas spirit. It's not my holiday, but I don't know. I I will say it got mixed reviews. And I mean, I don't think your critique is like people who have lights out. I think your critique is like, the turn on your lights was also annoying. It was like a minute of them yelling. It was like bothering my ears. But I was welling up in my, my eyes. It is nice. But you know what? Maybe if, because we're watching this out of season, it's October. If we watch this on December 15th, maybe we'd be. I don't well, think don't I'd say we. Well I was into it, and I was welling up. But I think there are people who think mm-hmm. it was like a little tacky. Yeah. Uh, another Elvin thing, by the way, calling uh, Winston LeBron. That oh yeah, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Not great, but but funny. Yeah, funny, and also like gotta love LeBron. You know, still the best player nine years after he was like incredibly established. I was gonna say it's also very timely. Yeah, very timely. And yes. and Winston seems to to like it. He's like, of okay course, he's it. a basketball player. Now, is Winston 5'9"? Sure. So I'm not sure it's a perfect comparison, but, you know. Um, How much do you think he's going to get? Like, what is Gina, Michaela Watkins, offering Winston to babysit if she keeps insisting it's, like, too much money that she's going to offer oh, him to babysit? I love the line, like, whatever you're thinking, add money to that. Add money <laughs> to that. That is a really good joke. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I was distracted. She has the worst fake pregnancy body in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. It's not something I would notice. Oh, my God. Go back. It's like she turns in profile and they literally just took like a legitimate bowling ball and put it under her shirt. It's just I also feel bad because there's probably like at all times a few like really famous actresses that are pregnant. Just hire one of them. You know, why fake a pregnancy when you could get a pregnant lady? I was going to say maybe she was pregnant and I just insulted her. Well, she could have been like three months pregnant. They're making her eight months pregnant. You know what I mean? Plus, like some women never get visibly enough pregnant for like TV to really uh, show. So who knows? Anyway, um. Did you notice that we have the actual Zooey singing a Christmas carol in the background of the final scene? Yeah. Listen, Zooey, she's a singer. She sings the theme song. It's her thing. Does she, has she ever put out an album, Zooey? Uh, yeah, she's in She and Him. Oh, right. She's She and Him. Oh, yeah, I have that. Um, do you like her musical stylings in general? She obviously has a fantastic voice. She's very talented. I will say that when I heard her singing over you know, the, the episode, I'm like, enough already. And I get it that... 
she should be using this as a platform to like showcase mm-hmm. all of her talents and be yeah. used as much as possible. But I was a little like eye rolly of like you gotta sing whatever jingle bells in the background of your own TV show. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. But I'm a hater, uh, so what do you want? By the way, uh, Jonathan Amell, the D Big Boyfriend, same amount of followers as Zooey herself. Six you know, six million plus on Insta. So That's that's wild. Yeah, famous, you think Zooey would be more famous. She's um, I mean, she's not Garner level, but <laughs> Matt Stewart says if it was two AM when they were at Candy Cane Lane, which is a thirty minute drive from LAX, why couldn't Nick make a domestic flight at four AM? Yeah. Are you a flight misser? What do you think? You're always gonna get trapped when I ask you. I know. I shouldn't even ask these questions. Now, in fairness, the one time, I guess, out of the two times we've hung out in person, I was very late the first time I ever met you. So I wouldn't blame you for You weren't this. late. You went out to get pizza because I was late. You were going to be late, and then I couldn't text you once you left the airport, but then you were alone By the way, at someone's house Allie, you didn't know. Have a snack for a second. I'm going to talk to the listeners for a second. <laughs> Allie, so I came off the airplane, went to for, the aforementioned Robbie Freeman's house, and Allie went and got pizza. Didn't say like, hey, Akiva, there's like four kosher pizza places right here. Let me get you something. You're nope. out of your mind. <laughs> I asked you to get, I got you a Coke Zero, but they didn't have it or That's something true. like that. I offered to get you stuff. I'm just I was already at the pizza place. I'm messing with you. Also, I, see, I didn't have. You know I bring a gift and I No, I know, people, I know. So that know. offensive to me. I'm of all the things you've said. That's the worst. That's the most offensive. You and you brought a Coke Zero. That was nice. Um, then I wouldn't consider somebody else who had just been on a long plane and have dinner for them. A disgusting. Honestly, it's just because I'm hungry. It's 4 a.m. and I uh, like disgusting. Can I tell you something? Yeah, please. So we have, like, what we else? Have, what have we been doing? We have uh, hopefully nobody's listening. We have like nine people in this house, and it's lovely. We have a lot of people staying with us. But my wife is still like cooking food as if we're five people. So then, like every <laughs> night after dinner, I'm like. <laughs> Like, all right, TV's digest so is, I'm like sneaking fast. food and now I'm just can't stop thinking about food. That's why I'm asking you what you're eating. Why do you have I'm, to sneak food in your own house? Because it's rude after dinner to like when my wife like made she made sushi for nine people tonight. Probably oh, took her all day. Speaking of which, a pizza just got delivered. Let me just answer that phone. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'm going to stay here because Allie does not want to make any edits to this podcast. I hope she's not mad that I mentioned the pizza thing. Oh, I'm editing, baby. When have I ever been mad at Akiva? That was crazy. What what what, what toppings are we talking about on this pizza? Eggplant, baby. Okay, I see. Uh, Rob and other people make fun of me for liking vegetable toppings on pizza. But oh, as we're listening keeps... to Rob's opinions about food. But like, but people are always like, because I like spinach, broccoli, things like that. Uh, you can't get them in Israel. But I, but I, you can't have meat if you keep kosher on pizza. So like you have limited amounts of toppings. Well, yeah, don't me eat... too. I don't eat pork either. That's why right. I'm... You don't eat pork. I don't eat olives in general, and that's the most common topping here. And I, I olives are my least favorite food. So, um, yeah, I'm I very much support eggplant pizza. I'm excited. I see now it's like wish oh, you were now... here, and I would certainly offer you some. Now I'm even hungrier. This did uh, not work. <laughs> but okay, I feel like we were about to talk about something. Um, Shoot. Can't... Candy Cane Lane, no, Elvin. Something. All right, who cares? So let's get to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Ramsey says, going to need to hear the VORB score of all past and future boyfriends on the Jess boyfriend rankings. Ah, going forward. yes. I feel like VORB we do need to adjust the rankings by mm-hmm. VORB. Yes. Uh, I, I still, we still need to come up with a formula, so I don't want to like lock in everybody's VORB 
if we want to have like a really uh you know statistically minded listener i can but i don't know anything about men or women so i don't know you know what i mean like i my formula won't work that well but i i do think like the if we could talk about cc's boyfriend because that's the only new guy this episode the well leah says should we do boyfriend rankings for cc i feel like we have too many bits i feel too many jobs it's too many jobs also i don't want i want to like look forward to this podcast every week and not have to like i'm already starting to get there where it's like a good amount of work before i can show up (laughs) all right so then cut stuff it's fine it's like you Uh, and renap like i'm starting to feel your bitterness mm -hmm. in renap it's like i'm not bitter about renap oh you're a little bitter I'm a bitter, but but I, I think the less work you have to do, the more fun it probably is a lot of times. But Unless if we had done more work for maybe this episode, maybe it would have been more fun for the listeners. <laughs> maybe. Well, listen, that's their problem. Um, <laughs> th- l- let them do the work for us. But yeah, I, I think like this guy, Wait, if, let's say, I don't know. Let's say on a scale of zero to 10, let's say if attractiveness is like two and a half points, then like he's a two and a half there, but he really has nothing else going for him. Do we know his job? See, I don't even know that attractiveness has anything to do with Vorb, unless you're factoring in like genetics for your kids. But well, if you're not, if you don't care what your partner looks like, but but like I, I don't think care. But if so, ha- okay, go ahead. Because if she's saying like, if it's let's say someone you're not attracted to, then bare minimum everything else would have to be perfect for you to be interested. If you need your boyfriend's Vorb to be like above average. So I think, and maybe this isn't the case for men, but I think. People who are interested, I think women who are interested in men, that's all I can speak to. Mm-hmm. They're, and I've heard this is the case for other people, that attractiveness changes when you get to know a person, that you start visibly, believe me, I can look back at some of my exes and be like, mm-hmm. Oof, what was I thinking? But in the right. moment, I thought they were physically attractive. Right. So like, I almost think if I'm judging Vorb as a friend, I can't even judge my own Vorb in relationships. Oh, Vorb? Should we invent a, a, a value of a replacement friend thing No, no, also? no, no. I'm saying okay. I feel like you would only really be able to objectively see someone's Vorb outside the relationship. Sure. Like, so you can judge your friend's Vorb, not your, not your partner's. Right. So it's like at that point, if we're assessing Jess's Vorb, like Jess's boyfriend's Vorb, Mm-hmm. You assume that she's attracted to him. You're not ah, okay. picking people out of it's thin irrelevant air. It's whether like, we find them. In, I get. It. I'm I hear attracted you to saying. this person. What's yeah. their vorb? Because okay. you wouldn't even be thinking about their vorb if you weren't attracted to them on a base Fair. level. So, like, we met the gross DJ. We don't know this guy's job, right? Oh, we do know his job. He's Face like tattoo he's, has no vorb, zero negative, zero vorb. vorb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually worse because like you have to hide him from your family because of like his embarrassing job and the face tattoo. Hot photographer. Uh, I think he's a photographer. Is that what he does? Well, yeah. This guy, he was running the shoot in some way. I don't know if he's the head of the models or he's a photographer. Who's <laughs> head of the models? Like you know, king of, models, king of the models. King of the models. I don't know if he was head of the models. Or... You know, but he like he might have run the modeling company. By the way, like Schmidt, I know he's bringing a nice present, but like, ooh, what a! First of all, people are just allowed on set, like when <laughs> when when she's in her underwear. You know what I mean? Like, what a what a happy coincidence for Schmidt. Like, of course you're gonna bring the present there, not like the next time she comes to hang out at the Jess's house. But all right, so she's so I think the models or the photographer, or whatever, has decent vorb. He doesn't really seem like a jackass. We only know that he doesn't give his girlfriend the Christmas present. Well, not yet. This was only the twenty third. I know that is true, but like it's played off as a plot point, like as canon that she did not get a present. Right. He's from not him. the best guy, but um, I I think his biggest offense to me is that he doesn't get the humor of the mustache. I mean. 
That's a crazy gift. Jess is, only presents herself to be a bad gift giver mm-hmm. by giving her best friend a fake mustache. But I could see me and my best friend doing that. Like, that's a funny thing. But do I you guess. give... Well, let me ask you a question. As a Jew, do you... Because I don't know how Christmas works. Do you have to give your best friends, uh, besides me, because I'm Jewish, uh, a Christmas gift? It's sort of hit or miss. I'm more of a gift giver. Like, if I see something and I've thought of you in that moment... I'm much more likely to send it to you in that moment than to wait right. till your birthday. But, but forgetting, so forgetting about you for a second, it, more of a general question. No, and but I, I guess... think, so it's like I give, my best friend's birthday is early January, and so usually I mm-hmm. don't see her over the holiday, and then I give a birthday gift, so it sort of grandfathers in. And some but, years it's different. Some years I give holiday gifts, some years I don't. But I, I, it's not you. I'm wondering, like, I do, only know myself. I understand. That's why I'm asking the audience for just, I'm, in, <laughs> okay. in general, I'm curious. Like A nice Hannah Shapiro move. If, I support If it. you have, like, your top three friends, pretend you're all Gentiles, and, you know, expand your audience a little bit here. Make a few Jewish and Muslim friends, but that's fine. Um, the, do you have to, like, is it expected that you're giving them a Christmas present? I hear people reference, like, I'm giving my friends presents. There's nowhere, in, like, in Hanukkah, you'd never give your friend a Hanukkah gift. I think right? as an adult, if you're giving a holiday gift of any kind, mm-hmm. you have to expect to get nothing back, and it be a pl- and you have to be okay if you someone gives you a gift and you don't have one for them. Because it's sort of so ad hoc, unless you're involved in sort of an adult secret Santa thing. Where, yeah, like, you've all and I'm also them. very against the adult secret Santas, because if I want anything, I would just buy it for myself. Like, best case scenario, okay. they'd buy the thing I could just buy for myself. No, I love secret Santa, obviously, because I'm a gifts person, but... Yeah, th- but I, I'm only thinking about, the, I guess, as as the getting and not the giving. You so should like- love secret Santa, because if you'd, in theory, it's based on the fact that you'd have to give 20 gifts, and now you only have to give one. Yeah, but who would I have to give 20 gifts to? I don't have to give anybody one gift. If you had gift. friends. In this scenario, you have friends. I have friends. I keep dropping my microphone. That's going to be horrible, Audia. I really apologize. No, the, don't. so is the rest of the what we're talking about. Don't worry. The, um, Yeah, I don't know. So let us know. Gentiles, write in and let us know what the what your Christmas uh, deal is. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. All right, tweet at Akiva. Don't flood uh, the question document with that. Yeah, don't flood the question document. Also, um, were you an eight presents person from your parents? Did your parents give you a present every night of Hanukkah? No, I definitely got like one big gift. And okay. I don't even think I got something every eight nights, but maybe my mom is like, yes, you did. I bet you got something. Like, would you go if you would go home? Like, maybe if you were away. Clear, like I got like a big gift. One big present. Giving. Okay. I stopped getting Hanukkah, but even now, like my mom would sometimes like in our adult life like take us to a show and be like oh this is Hanukkah I feel like That's Hanukkah fine. is a very much like I'm getting you this now in November and I'm stamping Hanukkah on it That's like, fine yeah. I, I, No it's great I I'm that. very appreciative I, I think it's mm-hmm. more than fine but I feel I like that's think more it's common like- than Christmas if the gift for Hanukkah can be smaller it can be big or the same size as the Christmas gift but it can also be smaller like there's no doesn't have to be one massive gift especially if you're getting like a bunch of nights in a row you know, we give our kids eight gifts. So, like, there's one good one. There's a lot of junk. You know what I mean? Like, the little kids are getting stickers one night. They're getting <laughs> they're getting socks on night. And there's also, like, a structure. Like, night one has to be good. You end on a decent note. Two is okay. Maybe one in the middle when you're, like, getting together with the family. But, like, three, seven, those are stinkers, you know? How about those, this? Not- Ready for husband of the year? Mm-hmm. My friend's husband, so two of my good friends got married after one year of law school, mm-hmm. and he gives her um, themed Hanukkah gifts, eight nights of a theme. So the oh. first year of their marriage, he gave pic- he gave eight picture frames because it was like their wedding and they had like all these pictures, whatever. And then the next year was cookbooks. 
and then this last year was like was wine so it's not it's not going to be something that's like eight diamond earrings which but like it's like it's so thoughtful honestly he's like crushing the game for men everywhere jewish men everywhere shudder to think about this yeah that's a lot i wonder how long it will go maybe once they have kids it's a wrap this you know what this guy's doing <laughs> go ahead. he's committing genericide <laughs> for, <laughs> he's at least he basic. had one joke in this podcast yeah uh, I'm gonna, now I'm going to go back and cut the discussion about it. And so now that you've said it. It'll no, we're not cutting you. anything, I thought. No, but I'm saying like I'll set you up for like having said that. Oh, for a joke that nobody understands. <laughs> yeah. That would be funny. All right. Speaking of things no one understands, Kenny says, I think we're done with this episode, right? Anything? Else yes. Yeah, we're done. I liked this episode. I really liked it. I'll say that. Maybe you not as much. I, as I don't love Christmas episodes in general. I don't feel like shows should feel the obligation to, especially if they're not airing. You know, within a couple of days of Christmas, which obviously most episodes aren't. This is relatively close. Um, I, I I thought the episode was wasn't funny. I thought it was more of a plot mover than a funny episode. Oh, I laughed because I, I think Schmidt wins the episode. I think Schmidt's pretty funny in this episode. Uh, Schmidt, yeah, I, I, uh, Judaism's son. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Um, I do think also uh, I've changed I've changed my opinion on best pilot. I forget. I don't think I ever made a declaration on which episode show has the best pilot, but I've said on podcasts. Um, shout out to the Great 32 Fans Patreon podcast. I highly recommend it, although I am not a member. Um, that I really enjoy the Seinfeld pilot. But I have recently begun a rewatch of The League, which is one of my favorite shows. And that pilot, I think, hits it out of the park. Uh, what, the, the League pilot? Yeah. They introduce all of the characters and the concept in a way that doesn't feel forced when I went back, I couldn't believe how many of the most classic moments came from the pilot. That's like, interesting. I'd have to rewatch. I, I've rewatch never rewatched this. an episode of the doing? league. It's on Hulu. Rewatch it after this. Hulu Get has live sports, so I, I could watch the live sports, or I could watch fantasy football fake sports. As um, Pete says in the beginning of the league, in the pilot, there are a lot of things a man can do with his time. This is better than all of those things. That's a great. What? That's an all-time classic league line. It's in the first like five minutes of the pilot. Does the league make you want to play fantasy football? Um, I famously played fantasy football, and it's why Kylan Stone hates me because I colluded. And I think if you're not colluding, oh, did you cheat? Smart. Oh no, if you cheated, uh, Chester's going to show off this podcast if you mentioned it was that you like, cheated. I forget what football. it was, but it was all spite based. It was fun, and it also was the most unserious league. I think Jessica Frey was in it. Console, like, if I'm in it, who cares? Like, right? You know, like, I guess that's it wasn't for money. That's it like wasn't for money, oh, right? Certainly not. No, I would never play in a league enough for money. In fact, on Sunday, because there was a lot of like game changes because of COVID and stuff that um, the old commissioner of a league who quit because it was too much stress and made me the commissioner, this is an old man league where it's a local guys and they're all whatever. So it's a lot of it's a lot of work. And they, to like manage the manage people's uh, well, feelings. I know because Kevin has to deal with it. I watch him. Yes. And so, so he said, you know what? It's too crazy. Let's just play for fun this year. We don't have to worry about the money, which we've already like, people have already paid me. And he's like, of course, like if you were five and oh, you probably wouldn't say that. But he's like, and 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 some people started agreeing. Like it was one of those things where I wasn't on my phone for like three minutes, and people were sort of starting to like glom onto this. And I was like, absolutely not. Like I would never. It is not fun. I will leave this group chat. I will never speak to anybody again. Like we are not playing for no money. I do not play. I do not gamble for no money. Even the like the cute things that people do in our like reality TV world, where they where they where they have like pools for the Bachelor or Survivor or Big Brother. Like hey, you know we're gonna do a draft, but it's for no money. Like well then why are you doing it? Like Who what paid are the stakes? You on the, uh... Mike Bloom Liana draft. 
There were stakes. I said there has to be stakes. We had stakes. We were going to take over the B&B and make it the A&A. Um, meanwhile, you haven't paid them any of the stakes. You owe them two layers of stakes on Renap. What was the other stakes? Well, I think they have to come on Renap. They're coming on. They have a show on the wheel. It just hasn't come up yet. What was and the other stakes? And then the cameo. Did you do that yet since I've been gone? Oh, I think Rob is supposed to. I think we're going to do it when they come on the show. All right. Speaking of Renap, Kenny says as a day one gogger, I mm-hmm. need to know the tea about the Ali Renap feud. You guys mentioned that you don't listen anymore, which I like the idea that it's like you also don't listen. I don't listen. It's my show. Uh, well, you don't listen, but anymore, every podcast. Listen. And I need to know the reason behind it. What happened? Will Ali ever come back? And so to... to Give an example. I feel like the way to explain this is in my Reddit search for NGOG, and thank you to the people who posted about it, um, a Renap thread came up on the Renap Reddit, which mm. I famously detest and don't support and don't acknowledge as canon. And uh, no, actually, I acknowledge it so much that I will not come back. Anyway, I'm just kidding. It's my own choice. I just, I need a break. Anyway. You mention NGOG a lot on Renap since I've stopped listening, and I don't know what you're saying. I can only imagine it's bad. Only good. Not I would effect- never. You're would not never. effectively doing promo because somebody wrote, what is NGOG? And somebody had to explain. This is two weeks ago, New Girl Old Guy, Akiva's new podcast with Ali Lasher where they recap New Girl. It's a fun listen. Thank you to the person who said that. But what promo are you doing that people who listen to your show enough to comment on the Reddit have no idea what it is. That doesn't make any sense because the, people don't really listen closely a lot of times when they're listening to the podcast. Every, myself included. Oh, it takes not, one to know one. <laughs> but I'm saying like, because Rob mentions at the beginning of every episode now that I have three different podcasts and then I give it a plug. We talk about New, new Girl Old Guy. I also, there's a running Stop talking bit about where, it. Keep it out of your mouth. <laughs> there's, there's, That's I, what I told Rob the It's delicious. The name is delicious. <laughs> the, so uh, there's... There's a that's for all the real goggers out there. They remember that. Um, the I, every week I actually call like new I've guy, known. new guy, old girl or something. Like I never get the name right when when we're plugging it. I've messed it up every single week. Um, oh, that's and, great. You'll love that. Love to hear that. No, nah, but like that's that's just because like it's late and and we always call it NGOG. I don't really say the name out loud. Um, and also like you're an old girl and I'm a young guy. Um, and no, but I think. No, I've been playing it every week. I say it's going to be on the episode. We talk about the episode. Rob gives his take on the last episode. It's, it's getting great. It's good. Uh, he said I sounded very uncomfortable with the subject matter last week. Yeah, well, he said that to me when we were on the great uh, Puyaisms. Mm-hmm. Who will be our guest next week? Very Ooh. excited about that. Um, his Twitch stream, and I gave some Rob shit about. I gave Rob some shit about uh, the stuff I have not listened to, and which is a very me move to have no basis to talk about something mm-hmm. and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he made a funny joke about your uncomfortableness, but I think we did a pretty good job. Although, no, I wasn't that uncomfortable. I was fine. I should say. Mm-hmm. We did get our first non-five-star review, but the reason I'm not devastated by it is because it was two stars, which means our biggest hater still likes us enough to give us two stars. I feel did like they, a review good. or just a rating? A rating and review. Oh, so let's hear that. Do you want to? Well, first, no, I, don't, I want to thank the people who gave us a five-star review. I, we Wait, so you're going to read the two-star review, but no, thank I'm the five-star people? No, I'm not, but I'm trying to focus on the five-star people. Yes. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. It's the only reason I could tolerate getting the two-star review is that there's so many louder voices. And there are five-star like people. This. You're saying the two-star reviewer is a two-star person is what we're saying. I'm, I'm saying nothing. I think people should feel how they want to feel. Um, but we're glad that these people feel the way that they do. Um, if you want to leave us a five-star review, you can find us uh, by Googling New Girl Old Guy Apple Podcasts, or you can go to uh, anchor.fm slash newgirloldguy, and it links to all eight 
places you can find us, including um, iTunes. So Kingsley46, Evelyn Emerson, Stan Leary King, Smiley, XOXO, Jez, BBBBBBBB. Um, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, the first person, the person who did the two stars just complained, and I agree with them, that, like, we're an hour of banter and 10 minutes of New Girl, and if, if you like that, you'll love the podcast. So, like, they're correct. I agree with that. Uh, I no, I, no, what, the two-star review we're talking about? Yeah, all right, let's move on. So, thank you to yeah. those people. Um, next week, we'll be on with the great Puya Zambakili. We cannot wait to have him on. He has already, spoiler alert, booked himself for a second episode. Yes. The only person who reached out after, and, and, and that's it. So, you don't reach out now. It's too late. Puya invented the move. Where he was like, is someone also signed up for this season three episode yet? And I was like, I guess season not. three. We're up to season three at this point. Wow. Um, so let's talk about episode ten. The episode we should be like an airline now. alley where we don't take like season three bookings yet after Puya. Well, you know we what have, I mean? We don't take anything after. No, we have. My I, dad is the type of guy. Back in the day when people used to travel, like you know, like three hundred thirty-five oh, days. Oh, that's or whatever. what we talked about. You asked if I was a person who misses flights. Oh yes. Oh, wait, so let me the finish my. Is my it is three hundred thirty-five. Um, Days before a flight, my dad like su- will wake up at three in the morning to book some flight, like the first second you could book it. Uh, yeah, that's impressive behavior. I don't think no, I don't think you're a flight misser. No, of course not. My mom no. oh, many times a. as a kid, my mom was very late, and we would arrive very stressed to the airport, running to the gate, and I like to get to the gate like four hours early. My dad gets so nervous about people. Like he'll get to the airport early, but like he's not nervous about most things I do. But if I'm like running late for a flight, he'll be like sweating and like ruin his week. Um, But let's. All right. So the last thing I want to ask you is, what do you think your prediction for what episode ten will be about? Keep in mind that this is the first episode that we booked a guest for, and this is the episode he chose. If that gives you a hint at all. Well, you have to tell me the title. It's. I'm getting to it. It's called the story of the fifty. Wow, so this is like, there's been a few, like, bells I didn't know. The 23rd, I guess I intuited that it was about Christmas. I don't know what the story of the 50 is. It's not somebody's 50th birthday. Although, could it be the 50-year-old the, the 50 year old, uh, anatomically correct heart? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, the story of the 50, I'm going to say the 50 is like an old uh, group that Winston and Nick had. That's like their crew from back in the day is the 50. If I give you a hint, does Grant, if I said Grant as my hint. Ah, oh, so I'm stupid. So it's a $50 bill. Something. So there's going to be a fight about a $50 bill. That makes much more sense than You're my... You're not stupid. I liked, I was not going to give you a hint. I want to hear your honest... This is a very hard task to just hear a yeah. random... And the New Girl titles are not great titles for episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Larry so, David famously said on Seinfeld he didn't want his writers sitting around thinking about titles. That's why he made every title start with the word the. Um, and then this starts with the. Um, so yes, we will be here next week. Episode 10, our, our decennial, de- de- deca- decennial, whatever. Mm-hmm. Our, our debut guest. 10th episode, big mm-hmm. episode for us next week. Um, hope you'll join us after this mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're happy you join us now. You can check out Keeve's 104th episode. Something like that. Which will actually be my final appearance on an app. Because I pre-recorded this and told JCR that he was welcome to mm-hmm. to still use it. There's a scoop for you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no, I mean, I never say never. I'll come back just for spite. I'll leave for spite and I'll come back for spite. When, when we least expect it. it. Okay. Um, so you check that. What? No, nothing. No, say it. 
Rob's going away. How about next week? <laughs> what do you do? What do you, oh, you're skipping a week. What no, if we I, just drop New Girl, Old Guy, episode 10 with Puya in the Renap spot? Oh, yeah. We have access to the Renap feed. We should do that. That's a good idea. <laughs> what if I just do what Rob did and have uh, you, Taryn, uh, and Chappelle on instead of him? Without you? No. Well, me, but no Rob. Well, I think Taryn's replacing Rob in that spot. I mean, he's invited, uh, but I'm inviting Taryn. I don't want to cut Taryn out. I'm sure. No, I you know. think you cut yourself. Anyway, let's move oh, on. All right, fine. Yeah, that's a better idea. So you guys else, could be on Renap Everything else you have, I have to plug is uh, for you. You did not record your fans, fans this week. Correct. But you Maybe I'll do it right it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Uh, you can follow him at Keep26, and you can follow me at Lash Tweets, and we will be back whether you want us back or not next week. Wait, what were you eating? <laughs> I had a little trail mix.